0: Before we hear any of the Gospels each time we attend Mass, we should ask ourselves two questions, or at least prepare ourselves in two ways. First of all, to say, what is this Gospel going to tell me about who Jesus was? So we're listening with a sense of saying, OK, who's a man who showed sensitivity, or is a man who's strong on this, or um, he has uh, seems to be uh, softer in this approach. The second thing, which perhaps in some ways is a little bit more important, is that what am I supposed to do? Having heard aspects of Jesus' life, how am I supposed to live those out and do something about it? The point, I suppose, of us being here today is to say thanks to God. There's a lot of things that we need to be grateful for and that's what this gathering is about. But the other thing is to say, when I leave this place today, and I confront the world in its its confusion, in its dilemmas, in the questions and challenges that it poses me, how am I supposed to decide how I live? Now, most of you have been learning for a long time how to live your life properly, morally. But still, each day, there are situations that we haven't really confronted before, and we don't know how we're going to react. Today is a particularly uh, good gospel for us to start saying, that's how Jesus reacted. What might I do in a similar circumstance? I wish there was some investigative journalist at the time of this event so that they would have gone in and asked the sorts of questions that that I would want to ask had I witnessed the, the raising of Lazarus. I would have walked straight up to Lazarus and said, what happened for four days? What did it feel like there? What did you see? What did you experience? I'd also want to ask him, what are you going to do now as a reaction to the fact that you were dead and now you're alive? What do you think you'll change about the way you live? It must have been an incredibly profound thing for not just Mary and Martha, but those people looking on to say, This is just the craziest thing we've ever heard. We know about death. We've lived with it for an awful long time. And yet, here, we have had an experience of it and gone through that grief, and now he's here with us, alive. I'm pretty sure it's the prayer of each of you here who would have lost somebody very dear to you, that they would be here with you again, that you could get back with them again, that that physical connection with them again. And yet... I'm pretty much 100% certain that it hasn't happened for any of you. There's another question. Jesus, if you could do it for Mary and Martha, what about us? Didn't you hear our prayers that say, leave them with us a bit longer? Well, I'm not sure. Well, I'm pretty sure why that doesn't happen is that it happens so that you and I would learn that Jesus was who he said he was, as Martha and Mary and others came to believe in it. And the truth is that sooner or later, even Lazarus died again. He's not with us now. It's not eternal life here that's supposed to matter. I suspect that he just really wanted to really bring home to people that he wasn't just talk, that this was something that... He, he was able to do. If that was going to teach them something about who he was, then that was going to what he was going to do. But the reality is that what we do know about Jesus as a result of this, and this raises some more questions for me, is that he was deeply moved by the death of his friend. Jesus is everybody's friend, so why isn't he moved at everybody's death? I like to think that like you and I, there are people that he felt particularly close to. This is one of those few occasions when they refer to somebody as Jesus' friend. He was connected with this family. Now, if Jesus knew about resurrection, if Jesus totally understood that we would rise again at the last day and be in heaven with the Father, if he totally believed that, why did he get upset? Why didn't he just kind of say, oh, I know it's going to happen, they don't know, but I do, so I'll just go through this act so as I'll put on the appearance that uh, I don't know. I suspect that like every one of us, even though you're here believing in resurrection on the last day, even though you understand that the people that we love who've tried really hard in this life to do the right thing will be with God in heaven. Why do we get upset? Because of that very human connection that each one of us has. Part of us dies when we lose someone close to us. And we need to kind of resurrect our own lives again in some way to get them happening the way they were. How do we live with that loss, is the big question. And I suspect, and I want to believe, I do believe, that Jesus himself had that great sense of loss. Or else he wouldn't have been like you and I are. And that would greatly disappoint me if Jesus didn't know what it felt like to lose somebody that we loved. and I. Th- believed that through this particular reading he had so many things to do but one of the things he wanted everyone to know is that he hurt like we hurt. He understood loss and sadness and grief like we do. And then there's that wonderful Martha who is kind of almost resigned to the fact, gee it would have been nice if you'd been here but I know that uh, you'll answer our prayers. She doesn't say, my prayer is that he would rise from the dead. She just says, I just know that you'll answer our prayers. You'll comfort us. You'll allow us to accept what it is that is inevitable in life. But he goes further. He wants again to let them know the lesson that he is here for something incredibly important and that is to let them know that this physical death doesn't really have a hold on anybody. Doesn't mean anything to anyone. It feels like it at the time, but imagine you trying to cope with all of those great tragedies of life, that, that sense of loss that you experience, not believing that there was something greater for us to go to. In the depth of his compassion the great feeling he had for his friend, he knew then that he had to reveal something more about himself to them so that they would understand. Whoever believes in me will never die. I really need to cling on to that because it's the thing that, that gives purpose to us all. To believe in what he said and to believe in the message that he's given, I won't actually... Die to the richness of what my life is about. I will keel over at some stage, hoping you'll be sad when that happens, but anyway, you'll get over it because you'll say, Well, did what he had to do, and uh, this is uh, his time with us is finished. But this is not all about death because we sang in our opening hymn something about the dying to self. And we're very close to the time when all of this issue of of resurrection starts to make greater sense. So in the last two weeks of Lent, I'm hoping that in some way you may get the strength, that courage to push that stone away that has been holding you back from living life to the full. In what way will your life be different from having gone through this journey of Lent? In what way will your life be changed by the Remembering again of the resurrection of Christ. Our secret lives and some of the lies that we live have to be freed. We have to unbind ourselves a little, as he suggested to, to Lazarus. Recognize that there is a price to pay for accepting the, res- the, uh, the invitation to be part of this healing that Christ offers. You've been paying that throughout Lent. Hopefully you've been sitting and doing some really serious thinking. But the wonder of this God that we believe in is that he gives second and third, fourth and infinite chances to come back again. To resurrect our lives when we thought that all was ended. That is the firm belief that we have. It's a faith and I cannot prove it to you. But hopefully you will be saying by the life that I lead and the things that I've seen, what I've experienced this makes sense. This gives me hope. This is the reason that I believe.